Hi, I'm Mackenzie. I have autism. But this podcast isn't really about that exactly. And I'm Andrea. I'm friends with Mackenzie. What our podcast is about is conversations and connections. It's about how we are the same and how we are different. For each episode, Mackenzie and I interview a different guest. Some of our guests experience intellectual and developmental disabilities, also known as IDD, and some don't. We talk about friendship, family, adulthood, and when it comes up, disability. Our podcast is called Everybody In because we are so interested in everybody. So let's let's get get started. Hey, everyone. I'm Andrea Moore, one of your hosts for Everybody In, a podcast conceived and produced by the Wayfaring Band. And here in the booth with me, as always, is the one, the only, the beautiful, the fabulous, the wonderful, my very good friend, Mackenzie. Yo, my name is Mackenzie Bove-Nickel, and thanks for joining us. Yes, thanks for tuning in. We've got a great show today. We're super excited. Who is our guest, Mackenzie? Mindy Waltress. Yes, uh, Mindy Waltress, formerly of Special Olympics Colorado, on to new adventures, which we're going to hear about shortly, I'm sure. Uh, kind of, would you say mentor, friend? Oh, mentor, friend, um, role model. Cool. Yeah. Kind of an old, She's pretty an all-around awesome, awesome person. person. Yes. <laughs> awesome. So uh, tell us a little bit about the format. That What are, you in, what are we going to get into today? So I'll be asking Mindy two questions, and then Mindy has a surprise two surprise questions for me to answer awesome and you guys are just gonna go back and forth yeah right on um well i'm super excited before you ask your first question will you do me a favor let's let mindy introduce herself and tell us a little bit about who she is and yeah all that biz yeah okay you want to get started so, tell me something about yourself okay um I'm the former ceo of special olympics colorado <laughs> i am a mom I am a boater. I am, what am I? (laughs) I'm a friend. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's super cool. That's nice. Can you tell us a little bit? Just all, uh, so my role in this, (laughs) Mindy, is like, you know, Mackenzie's going to ask you some questions. You'll ask Mackenzie some questions. And then I am here to disrupt. I am the disruptor. I am the follow up question asker. Okay. So, (laughs) um, okay. So, formerly CEO of Special Olympics Colorado. And we're kind of catching you in an interesting transitional period. Where, What's next for you? Well, before I came to Special Olympics Colorado, SoCo, mm-hmm. I was um, the CEO of a foster family agency in San Diego in California, Southern California, and came to SoCo, um, which is my other passion. I have a brother who's a Special Olympics athlete, mm. and now I am transitioning back to my first passion which is uh, working in the foster care system working with traumatized children oh wonderful and where is that taking you naples florida not the same as denver colorado (laughs) (laughs) um is, is so how are you feeling how's the family feeling Well, they're not sure if I'm having a midlife crisis or if this is for real. So they're (laughs) going to stay here for a few months and and let me figure this out for myself. And then um, we're going to do kind of this, uh, you know, so intercontinental uh, commuting type situation for a while. 
Yeah. I mean, and, and people do it, right? There are families who do it. Right. For sure. Uh, sounds good for the boating, though, potentially. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they picked up my boat last night. This is probably what we should talk about the whole time. Uh, <laughs> and it is currently on its way to Naples. Yes. Uh, very exciting. Hey, listen, we have a couple folks. Uh, we also, you know, know our, the former artistic director of Family Theater Company moved down to Naples. Our very own friend, Bryce Alexander. Hi, Bryce. Um, you so know yeah. who else? Amanda Ooh. Leonard's sister has just been hey. promoted and is moving down there. All right. So it sounds like we all have some folks we need to go get to know and hang out with in Naples, Let's Florida. So that's cool. Up. Marking that on the future calendar. Um, well, great. That's a good little mini intro. Hopefully in our conversation, we can hear more specifics. Um, but thanks for bearing with me. Yes. So. Mac, do you have any questions, or are you ready to hit it with your first main question? I am ready to hit it. Okay. All right. First question. What's lit? So many things. <laughs> so many things. Okay. This is a good time. <laughs> Mindy doesn't need a clarification. She's <laughs> like, I know what's lit. I know what it means. All right. Yes. Um, this transition that I was just talking about. I mean, it's exciting. I'm off on an adventure. It's kind of like a long wayfaring band uh, experience <laughs> because yeah. I'm just going to go and uh, adventure, basically, yeah. and have the opportunity to, I'm excited about going back to work with mm -hmm. kids that, um, not that they've experienced trauma, that's not the exciting part. The exciting mm -hmm. part is hopefully that I can get in there and make a difference uh, mm -hmm. for kids in our world as they grow up. And, and so that's the big thing. The second thing I think is, um, you know, my little guy, finally, almost four years later, I'm supposed to be uh, having the adoption of my son, Theo. And so after waiting for four years, I'm pretty lit about that. <laughs> yes, I am. It's supposed to happen in the next couple months. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And, uh, and Mac, have you met Theo before? Yes, I have. You have? Yes. What, kind of, what kind of a kiddo is he? What's He's he like? He's really outgoing. And he has a lot of swag. Like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's awesome. Yeah? Yes. I and remember when they first got him, too. He was just, like, a couple days old and super tiny mm -hmm. and now you just see him like blossoming into this awesome toddler little yeah. person yeah um would you be willing mindy to share with us a little bit more about about that the relationship or like what that means that you're in the circumstances right now that you're about to adopt Sure. What what can you tell us about that? I can that? tell you, uh, as as Mackenzie said, he was a teeny tiny little guy. Uh -huh. uh, he was born at two pounds. Okay. And we picked him up at 28 days old at four pounds. <laughs> and so he was this little guy who's like fit in the palm of your hand. Um, and, and you picked him up meaning that you are a foster parent. Um, I was a foster yep. parent. Okay. Yeah. Picked him up from the NICU at Children's Hospital. Okay. Um, he had experienced, you know, a lot uh, in utero. And so uh, we took this little guy home. And we've had him now for four years, almost. He'll be four soon. Mm -hmm. And uh, have just really watched him grow and blossom, as Mackenzie said. He's had a lot of uh, physical challenges mm -hmm. uh, as a result of some of the things he experienced um, while his mom was pregnant. And uh, so we've really worked on those things and really, um, you know, been through the foster care system. We've had uh, five little guys that were born uh, either drug exposed or drug addicted. And so that's sort of my uh, my interest in the foster care mm -hmm. system in terms of those are the kids that we worked with uh, or were foster parents for um, this time. Been a foster mm -hmm. parent for many, 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 many years. Mm -hmm. I've worked with their 
worked with sounds funny. I mean, these are my mm-hmm. all my kids. You know, I'm in parented, contact with right. all of them. Parented right. it. Thank you very much. Parented kids that were uh, teenagers. Parented kids that were, um, you know, had pretty significant challenges emotionally. All kinds of different kids, and just have. This has been my life's work in terms yeah. of loving these kids and being there for these kids and being there for as long as they need us. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, that's my other passion. And, and mm-hmm. you know, Theo has just brought such joy and excitement um, to our lives. And I am officially the oldest mother in the world, but I'm having a darn good time. <laughs> I know that can't be true. It is. I- it is. <laughs> Well, and now tell us, is that typical, um, like a four-year process? Like, can you tell us a little bit more about that? It's not typical. Okay. Um, you know, the, the law says within a year they need to be in their permanent situation. Hmm. Um, we just had a, a situation of a lot of appeals, a lot of um, parents in different parts of the world doing different things, and, and it just has taken a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, most of my friends that, that started parenting about the same time I did have adopted their kids for several years now we just of course got the got the Mm -hmm. one that is complex and and when you when you foster is it always your intention to foster to adopt or in some cases I mean the uh, the ultimate Mm -hmm. goal of fostering is often just to get the child with a safe situation right and if birth parents can be that situation then that's the goal well the goal is always Mm -hmm. always for a child to go back to their birth family if at all possible okay that's what you do as a foster parent so you're supposed to be there for uh give them your best self for as long as you're needed and then um, help them reunify, help birth families learn how to be good parents. Um, so it's, it's really a partnership between yourself and the birth family. Um, we didn't intend to foster at all. We were just going to be respite parents. Okay. And um, because like I said, I am the oldest mother <laughs> in the world, but uh, it was a funny story when we were doing our home study to get through the licensing process to be a foster parent. I was teasing the worker that came out, the social worker that came out to do the home study. And I said, I want a baby boy and I want him for Christmas. And she said, you're not even a foster parent. You're not getting a baby boy and you're certainly not getting them before Christmas. <laughs> well, on December 23rd, we got the call really? and uh, got Theo. So, you know, you got to be careful what yeah. you put out yeah. there in the universe, right? <laughs> it's listening. Yes, yes. Oh, well, so, congratulations. No, it was so very wonderful news. It was wonderful news. It continues to be. We're very blessed. That's super cool. And yeah. I, the reason I'm kind of pulling this thread and hijacking your question, Mackenzie, is because, you know, my best friend and his husband are in, in the process and they're fostering, hopefully, to adopt again like hopefully just because it's ultimately the best case scenario for what their kiddo needs um is that permanency and that you know that security to be in in his forever home um and i'm curious i suppose you know mac we've talked a little bit about um your situation but i guess you know can we take a, a moment now just to talk a little bit more broadly about adoption fostering just like all the different types of families i mean what kind of feelings do you have about that mac i mean i i'm adopted too so well mindy's not adopted but (laughs) i come from an adoptive family um i don't really know our background but um adoption seems super amazing i mean more kids need more um i mean they need more love just i don't know um like um I feel like you don't need to have a kid because your kids are already out there that need a family and all mm-hmm. of that stuff. Um, so I just really love adoption and the foster care system sometimes. Um, yeah. 
yeah i mean do you have a message uh maybe either of you both of you for folks who maybe you're like gosh i hadn't really thought about fostering or adopting um i didn't really see myself as as a like i didn't see that as part of my parenthood journey um you know i think there is some misinformation some stigma around it sometimes yeah. of like oh i want to do things this way and if it doesn't fit with my vision i'm i'm i don't i'm not going to be a parent or whatever do you have a message for folks that might be thinking that there um yes um they they will teach you something even though they're not blood or not related to you um they will always teach you the meaning of life even though they're not blood or related your child yeah the child that you foster or adopt will teach yeah. you those things as a parent yeah okay and okay. more loving i think and more able to overcome so many obstacles yeah yeah it's a puzzle it's a hard puzzle hmm yeah. say more about that um because you really don't, like, they have closed adoption and o open adoption. I think mine was closed. So I really didn't get, like, all the inf information that, um, well, my mom never got the information, like, the history, the background, mm -hmm. um, all of that. So that's kind of like trying to figure out, like, health-wise mm -hmm. or, um, uh, like, where I was from. We only know I was born in Colorado Springs, and that's mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. And then my agency uh, went away. So we don't like really have any papers for. Mm -hmm. So the story home. about you before yeah. you were you. Yeah. Okay. And so we just started to make a story about who is Mackenzie and all of that stuff. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. How does it feel to be an author with your mom of that story of who I is mean, Mackenzie? It's super cool. It's awesome. It's kind of sad, too, because I'm missing that other piece of my biological parents, you know? So mm -hmm. it's like I want to know more about my history, but I like this history, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mindy, what do you have to add? Well, you know, I think the thing that I hear most frequently is, oh, I could never give a child back. It would break my heart. Mm -hmm. uh, and while that is can be true. My heart has been broken more times than I can even tell you about. The fact of the matter is, is that I don't even know what to say about that. I, I, I think that it's about the children. Mm -hmm. It's about kids having a safe place and people that care about them. And we're old enough and strong enough to withstand the heartbreak, mm -hmm. but they're not mm -hmm. right. They're just little kids or big kids or mm -hmm. whatever kind of kid they are. And I think it's up to us. It's up to us to say, I can step up and do this. And for people that want to adopt, I say the world works in really mysterious ways. It may not be the first child that's placed with you, mm -hmm. but when, but that child will come along and you will know who they are mm -hmm. as soon as you meet them. Mm -hmm. I've had kids go in and out of my home, different places to their um, kin to their back to their birth families to be adopted by other people all kinds of situations but at the end of the day I knew from the minute I met them who was mine mm -hmm. right and I think the world does that for you mm -hmm. so you help the world you help kids you spend the time you give your heart you give your time and I believe that you know that that one of those children will be inexplicably yours, yeah. yours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It makes total sense. And also, 
you know, I, I've, I'm somebody that I've always felt since I was pretty young, long before I, I don't know, could even conceive if I really wanted a family or what that would look like or anything. I always just sort of had a sense that I had a calling that I thought, well, one day I, I think I will foster. I think I'm, I think I'm a foster parent and, um, and I am not yet. Um, but that, that calling hasn't gone away. And when I chat with folks about it, I hear a lot of what you said, like either I can't, I couldn't give a child back. I would break my heart. Or the other thing I hear that I know it, a lot of people feel, but that, you know, I bristle when I hear it. It's a painful thing I, to hear is I, I couldn't do that. That would be too hard. And sometimes I think folks are not necessarily talking about it's too hard to give the, give the child up, but too hard behaviorally, too, too difficult. Um, you know, and I mean, like anything that we try and imagine before it happens, it's hard. It's not like, you know, what also is hard is like having any kid, right? I mean, having whatever we don't, we don't get to know what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, it's, it's in me. There's something in me. And so I'm, I'm always drawn when I meet other foster parents, I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit more like folks who are adopted. I love to hear more because, you know, sometimes people are like, I always wanted a family and now I can't have that. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. There's a lot of ways to have a family. Well, right. and there are so many kids right here yeah. in the U.S. Yeah. that need homes. You know, right. you don't have to go very far. You just have to be, you have to have committed. a lot of perseverance. Yeah, Committed, perseverance, yeah. loving, support. And it is hard. Mm-hmm. Children that have experienced trauma, you know, how many of us can identify and articulate what's going on with us at any given day? So mm-hmm. you take a four-year-old mm-hmm. or a... 15 year old who's gone through some of the trauma and experiences that uh, kids in the foster care system have gone through. And uh, of course, they're going to act out some of that behavior. But they, you know, you're trained. You have people that support you. Mm -hmm. They work with you. They help you. Mm -hmm. And believe me, I have biological child who can Gave me a run for her money. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you just don't know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> there's no free pass for any of us. No exactly. matter what. Is there an area of the foster care system where there's a higher need, like an age group? Teenagers always. Okay. People are afraid of teenagers, it seems. And quite frankly, ba- like what I just said about the acting out behavior and things mm-hmm. of that nature, mm-hmm. you get a lot less of that with teenagers. Mm-hmm. The little kids are actually harder. Uh, because wow. they're unable to identify and express their feelings in ways other than behaviorally. Uh-huh. As the, and so it takes them time to learn to feel safe and to understand what's what all those feelings are about mm-hmm. and to be able to, to start to change their behavior. Whereas teenagers, you can talk, yeah. you can rationalize, you can help them identify mm-hmm. behavior. I mean, mm-hmm. um, emotions, um, experiences, thoughts, things like that. And, but that's the greatest need. Mm-hmm. Um and then I think uh, there's a huge need for s- large sibling groups, for gay and okay. lesbian, transgender kids, uh-huh. um, you know, uh, kids with health care needs, yep. kids with um, intellectual uh, delays and disabilities, mm-hmm. um, basically kids that uh, are moving towards either end of the continuum. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, I love that this is, it's always interesting to me to get the question of, that Mackenzie asked about what's lit. Um, it starts us off on this really just cool place because, you know, just hearing a little bit about this passion, I didn't know you in that context first. I know you through special Olympics. And so, um, it's just always that reminder to me that we are not our jobs. We are so much more than just our work. We are, uh, you know, our work is a, a part of who we are, but, um, that I love that, that, you know, congratulations on, on Theo and, and the journey you. you've all been on. Mm. Um, 
Yeah. And I hope folks out there who are listening, if you're interested in expanding your vision of family, please do do. Um, we all, we need each other, right? We need to think really get big. educated. Go find out more. Yeah. yeah. You're not obligated, but you know, you can't make a good decision without the information. Yeah. Great. Awesome. All right. Um, Mac, are you ready for Mindy's yeah, first surprise go. question? <laughs> She's cackling, I'm afraid. Uh, well, I'm so original. What's lit? <laughs> What's lit? Yeah. With me? With you. With me? Okay. Um, well, this week I started school, my last semester. Let's go. Nice. Um, I mean, um, yeah. Yeah, it's nice. I'm super excited to be done. Um, I did just go on my own trip to California with no help. And you flew on the plane. You like, did. did the whole deal by yourself. I did, and I did not get lost in the airport because that was like one of my fears. <laughs> um, and the security is this always intimidating anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But I went to go see a good friend. Um, she's one of my mentors, and like super awesome so got to do that for three days came back chillax for a little while (laughs) then school and yeah and going to washington dc in a couple weeks for the elps university conference i think think what's that can you tell us a little more about that um so elps university is the athlete leadership program university um, Special Olympics is starting to do um, university classes to help us. Maybe if we wanted to be a coach or something to get more education on how to be a coach. Mm. Um, we have uh, tracks like government, uh, sports, health and wellness. Communication. Communication right now. Um, and I'm in the first year of that. And I'm on the board of directors for Special Olympics, so getting that opportunity to do the governments. And Mindy was my professor, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the best one ever. Yeah, that class was so, <laughs> so fun. So <laughs> fun. Um, I made him call me professor. <laughs> 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 she even looked like a professor, too. I call her prof. There prof you go. Mindy. Yeah. Prof Mindy. Um, so... Um, I get to go talk to people about the Elps University, get to hang out in Washington. It's right on. so fun. Yeah, that yeah. does sound pretty lit. So <laughs> lit. Um, what else? Um, Can you say a little bit more about school? Like what you're oh, studying? Yes. Like what your situation is? Um, so I am in the IHECP, the Intensive Inclusion Certificate Program at Metro. Um, so, so intensive higher education certificate program IHECP in case folks yeah. want to look into Google that it. Mm-hmm. Um, at Metro it helps, University in Denver. Help, so, I guess the motto is um, Kathy Allen um, is the director and programmer for the uh, IHECP. Um, she thinks everybody, everybody could get a college degree if you have a disability or not um like I wasn't really looking into college um because I just don't like reading and writing and math and I thought that was what college was and it is but it's more like a community and getting your social skills 
good. Um, but um, I am um, studying um, photography mm-hmm. right now. Um, I have a journal, two journalism classes, and I'm doing a leader lecture in leadership for parks and recreation. Right and I believe I'm doing it all for credit this year. So and so the credit toward your certificate program. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, and I could always keep going because now I'm a metro student too. So if I wanted to, like, get a degree or like a bachelor's degree yeah, or an associate's, or, okay. yeah, I could keep on going. But I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I see. I feel like I'm done okay. after this. But um, yeah, that's. That's what's going on. That's pretty lit. Yeah, so lit. (laughs) A lot. Awesome. Uh, Mindy, any follow-ups from Mackenzie? Well, I think that, you know, just watching Mackenzie through these years of Mm. athlete leadership programs, um, watching her not only find her own voice, Mm. but begin to advocate for others and to advocate for organizations Mm -hmm. and to just become this fierce a uh, member of our community to be reckoned with, uh, you know, mm. to watch her have a seat at the table yeah. and be listened to and valued, I think it's just been one of the most exciting, incredible experiences of my life. Mm. Oh, oh, blush. <laughs> blush. <laughs> blush, girl, blush. <laughs> well, maybe your next solo trip will be down to Naples. Hey. Get on the boat with Mindy. It better be. It is. Okay. It's already. It's already <laughs> right. in the works. I hope. <laughs> okay. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah, um. Thank you. You're yeah. actually one of the people that have helped me so much getting to this point now. So. Thank well, you. thank you, and you would have done it with or without me. I don't think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, push, the push. I don't. I don't. I well, I am pushy. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you both argue this one out over the break. (laughs) We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Bye. The Wayfaring Band is an adventure where everybody belongs. But we're not a rock and roll band, are we, Mackenzie? No. So what type of band are we? We are a band of travelers. A band of travelers, right. So the Wayfaring Band creates original transformative adventures for adults with and without intellectual and developmental disabilities. But who can travel with the band? Everybody. Oh, that's right. Everybody can. Well, as long as they're a grown-up, right? I mean, our programs are for adults. Sorry, kids. Yeah, sorry, kids. But if you're an adult, everybody, you too can travel with the Wayfaring Band. Adults with developmental disabilities, caregivers, students, teachers, professionals, activists, interested community members, all of you are welcome to join us on tour and experience our culture of inclusion firsthand. Be a part of it. How can they learn more, Mackenzie? Learn more at www.thewayfaringband.com. Let's go. Welcome back from the break. Thanks for staying with us. <laughs> um, we are here with uh, our guest, Mindy Watrous. And um, I think it's time for Mackenzie's next question. Dun, are you dun, ready? Dun. Okay. Just kidding. All right. Next question. Everybody needs help sometimes. What do you need help with? Oh, wow. Personally? Yeah. Professionally? Well, what are you everything. looking for? Oh, <laughs> everything. We don't have enough time. Hit us with your show? laundry list of help. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Personally, I need help 
taking care of myself and setting good boundaries. Mm. Those are my two big struggles in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to say I want to say yes to everything, and uh, sometimes that leaves you drained, d- drained, and also not your best self, right? Yeah. Mm. So I'm working on that, and uh, I think that. Um, I love to be there. I love to be with people. And a lot of times that leads to helping or taking care of or being there, whatever the case may be, often to at your own expense. Yeah. So not instead of, but also. Mm-hmm. Yes. And do you get that help sometimes? Are you like, if that's what you need help doing, do you actually want that help or do you just need that help? Does that make sense? Oh, I just need it. I don't you don't want, want it. it. No. <laughs> exactly. no, I don't want it at all. I can't even identify it most of the time. Sometimes people try and give it to you because right. they want you uh, to have it. Okay. Yeah. No, I uh, I think that's true. Um, even professionally, Special Olympics was a labor of love for 13 and a half years, but it was nonstop. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's nonstop because I wanted it to be. I wanted programs. I wanted uh, more things for our athletes. I wanted to raise more money so that we could provide more things, you know, all mm-hmm. of those things. But at the end of the day, you have to take care of yourself in that, yeah. too. And I'm not very good at that. Mm-hmm. Are there pathways uh, that you have in place when you realize that you are getting to that breaking point of needing to set a boundary? Are there people in your life who are that you go to more often or are there interventions that you will usually be like, Oh, that's right. It's time. Yeah. Well, I have, uh, my memory lives with my best friend. Okay. And so, uh, I call her and she says, remember? And I say, no. And she tells me the story (laughs) (laughs) and that helps me, uh, helps me think about those things and look at them. And then, you know, I have things like my kids, Mm-hmm. Um, and my boat mm-hmm. and the water, you know, those <laughs> sorts of things, my family, uh, that help me feel better, yeah. uh, help me take care of myself, um, remind me I can't do everything, things like that. So that sounds related. I mean, you said it first, like personally and then professionally, but it sounds like they're around the same themes. Is that true? Or do you feel like there's a distinction? There's no distinction. It's it, yeah. either you, either you have boundaries or you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Okay. What? <laughs> I think what? he has his boundaries. Yeah. Say more about that, Mackenzie. Well, you just said you think she does have boundaries? Yeah. I mean, because you work with people with ID, right? Um, intellectual and developmental disabilities. Yeah. Okay. Um, wait, for me, um, boundaries is a really good thing, but sometimes I feel like people that have intellectual disabilities don't have boundaries. Like they stalk you or, um, call you like nonstop. Um, that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, and cause I had, I, I never did that, but I have people that do that to me. But I don't, I don't see, I don't see, I feel like you have good boundaries. Like if somebody is like nagging on you or something, you just step back and you say, wait, wait, I can just see it in your eyes sometimes. So Mm. it's not like a, yeah. No, I hear you. And I think that, that that's true in those kind of situations Mm -hmm. because in that situation, it's, it is putting a, you know, having a boundary and having my space, but it's also saying, hey, you know, you're in this world too, and you want people to 
um, want to spend time with you and take your phone calls and do mm-hmm. all those kinds of things. And you have to learn uh, those Space, boundaries. Yeah. You have to learn, you know, like sometimes I say you're in my bubble <laughs> or, yeah. um, you know, you can't call me except between nine and noon, mm-hmm. you know, during the week, because I do get phone calls, yeah. you know, 20 a day from the <laughs> same person. And, and <laughs> that's, it gets draining sometimes. Well, it's draining, but it also, it's so detrimental to them when they do it with people that don't understand why they do it. Yeah. And so for me, it's like all the things that people have to learn, regardless of whether they have a disability or not, people need to learn. And yeah. so that's more, for me, that feels like teaching moments as yes. opposed to um, boundaries. But I, I appreciate that. And I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Um now, if I could just learn to do it in every other area of my life, <laughs> I'd be good. Yeah. Well, that's also, that reminds me just like, it's a good reminder of that it's on a continuum, right? It's a spectrum mm-hmm. of, you know, there nobody has no boundaries, mm-hmm. right? Well. And, and nobody has, well, <laughs> yeah, but they have their own boundaries, maybe right. something right. That, that I don't necessarily have to understand, right? So everyone is operating according to their own set of rules, which are boundaries. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what they are, you know? Um, but I think the tension, at least for me, comes up when I, my, my way of doing something misaligns with someone else's way. Um, there are a lot of people I think who would love to be on the phone 25 times a day or get incessant calls and it might make them feel seen and loved and cared for. And it makes me feel trapped and crazy. And (laughs) you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know, it's interesting that reminder too of like the way that I see myself is not necessarily the way I'm seen. Like I love what I just watched the two of you kind of play out was, you know, Mindy, you seeing yourself from the inside and, and your whole life, the whole spectrum but then Mackenzie, what you reflected back to Mindy about, well, no, I do see you having boundaries is kind of from, from where you're, you're standing from, from that lens. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's valuable. I mean, I don't know, this is for me, for me, one of the benefits of community is getting to know myself through my community. Um, because otherwise I only have the information in my own head, which is not ever good. Right. <laughs> but I just had that experience too, when I decided to leave Special Olympics and all these people sent me these great messages and mm-hmm. came to see me and there's party and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, who are they talking about? Right. Right. right and because right. you, I, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's good to get that yeah. good and bad, you know, yeah. so that you can figure it all out. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I mean, my speech was on point. Your though. speech was uh-huh. on point. At, at, saying. at Mindy's somebody, farewell party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For somebody that doesn't like to do public speaking, she killed it. <laughs> <laughs> and it meant the world to I me. Mean, yeah. Same. Um, Mac, when you were listening to Mindy talk about um, needing help with boundaries or, you know, saying no sometimes and not trying to get involved in every single thing or turning it off. I don't know if that's putting words in your mouth, but no, that's right. Yeah. Um, do you relate to any of that or do you feel differently about it? What's your experience? (laughs) I like saying yes all the time too. Right. Like all the time. Um, I still need help saying no. I feel like everybody needs help saying no, but for me, I like some I people go, need help saying yes. I'm going to put that out oh there. Oh yeah. There I can think of a few. Some people need help saying yes, but go on. Um, <laughs> but like for me, um I don't want to disappoint disappoint people, so I always mm. say yes. And so that means like I cram everything in and so then I get like super overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um but like I feel like 
this year has been like an eye opener for me because um I'm starting to say no um because I need to just focus on myself and school. maybe we could start our own little support group. <laughs> Let's go. Just <laughs> say no. Ask each other questions and just say no. <laughs> right. I'm not doing that for uh, you. I can't oh. give you an answer <laughs> until I that. call my own <laughs> <laughs> Um because you need to be healthy. You need to um, do you instead of always pleasing people mm-hmm. that you love. That's what I have noticed. They're not going to get disappointed. They're going to be sad for like a couple seconds, but the overall thing is yeah. Mm-hmm. If they really love you, they want you to be happy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And if mm-hmm. they don't, they can just go away, mm-hmm. I guess. They're <laughs> not true friends. There you <laughs> go. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's great. And I, I, are you, I mean, this is always what we discover. Um, and tell me if you feel this way, Mackenzie, but, um, that we tend to be more alike than different Mm -hmm. when it comes to things like needing help or, and I, and I, you know, we don't all have the same issues. Um, but when it comes to help, I definitely notice some overlaps like about, cause there's the practical things we need help doing like mm-hmm. if I'm going to go boating, I'm going to need a lot of help from Mindy in a practical <laughs> sense. I'm just not in my skill set to do boat related <laughs> items. Um, but when it comes to like leaning on people or there's sort of the caregiver types and then the care receiver types. And I don't know. I'm like I that theme. It just comes up a lot. Um, and it's true. I mean, I know it's something you and I have discussed a lot, Mackenzie, in terms of getting overwhelmed. It's funny to me, like where. I'm going to give you a little bit of a hard time. I'm going to razz you a little bit, but like sometimes because you're on the board for the wayfaring band. And so (laughs) I like to give Mackenzie a hard time because sometimes where I think she's practicing saying no is in the long future. (laughs) So like, I'll ask her if she can do something in like three months from now. Like, can you put this, this board meeting on your calendar? It's not for three months. And sometimes she'll write me back and just be like, you know what? I don't think I'm available. And I'm like, (laughs) hold on. Like, are you, how are you? But what, what it really means and tell me if this is true because I think what we figured out, it depends on when I ask you. Yes. It's if you're feeling available the moment I ask you, if you're feeling overwhelmed when I ask you, then you're not available in three months or three <laughs> yes. days or whenever, three years. <laughs> but if yes. you're feeling more relaxed in the moment, it gets easier yeah. to set those. Yes. Um, yes, yes, yes. Which I think is really common. I feel like that's kind of like I know I'm a lot less likely to say yes to stuff if I'm feeling maxed out, you know, um, but it's also a lot harder for me proximity has a lot to do with it too like I tend to say yes to way too much because I'm a dreamer so if I think that something can be done I will involve myself if you come near me with an idea and that it's a good idea that should happen I'm like don't come near me with those ideas if you don't want to actually see that happen because it's going to go down if it like gets in my little circle um so yeah and then and then that leaves me with being like oh no I'm not around that weekend because I've already planned this other thing and no, I can't hang out with my sister and my family because I'm already hanging out with someone I like a lot less, mm-hmm. you know, that I end up filling my time sometimes with folks that I'm like <laughs> not necessarily that intimate with. Um, that's that's where I am with that. That's a tough mm-hmm. one. Just trying to like keep some space free too, just so that I don't feel like every minute of my d- my week is planned, mm-hmm. you know, so that I can take do something like spontaneous. Um, so, yeah. Okay. You ready? Yeah. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, this is it. This is Mindy's final question. Let's see. It looks thoughtful. There's some pensive glancing happening in the booth. Okay, Mindy, what have you got for Mackenzie? 
Well, I was thinking about this a lot as I've watched you in your college career. You're about the same age as my daughter. She's a little older than you. Um, she's just graduated from college and has her first real big girl job. But um, I think it, you know, this it's been, there's been so many great things and successes with her, but there have been so many challenges as she's worked on that transition from basically being a, you know, child mm -hmm. or teenager to now becoming a young adult. And I wonder for you, you know, as a person um, with autism, mm -hmm. like how is that to maneuver that world and to begin to transition into adulthood? Mm. That's a good question. Inquiring minds <laughs> want to know how is it um, out there? I mean, it's super stressful. I'm always stressed out. Um, just, you know, trying to figure out how I learn to make the other people teach better. Hmm. Um, like, wait, let me ask you that about that. Sorry, I'm sorry, but that's really interesting. So, is this correct? You feel like it's your responsibility not just to learn, but also to teach your teachers how to teach you better. Yes, that you have to carry both of those things. Yeah. Okay. Because some of them don't have training you know, or, um, work, work right wise. Um, Help. I had a conflict with someone at my job mm -hmm. and, um, it, uh, came into this big deal and I couldn't advocate for myself. Mm. So I had to call my mom mm. to help me advocate until my, the person that I was having issues with um what was really going on and how he, I he could they could work with work with me mm -hmm. with that and let me ask you a question about that because that's super interesting um well there's two things going on there and I mean I want to hear more about if you felt like that person that you were having conflict with could have done more like if there was like a lack of training on their part um I also want to know how it felt to you because you're what 23 24 24. 24. I always forget. Oh my gosh, you keep getting older. <laughs> Panic. <laughs> but at 24, I also want to know from your perspective, how did you feel about calling your mom? Did that feel like the only option? And, and was that a good option for you? Did you feel okay and like proud of that option? Or did you feel pushed to something that you didn't want to have to do? I mean, it was both ways. Um, at that point i just shut down and i was just done and i didn't want to talk to anyone and so i was like i need to call my mom mm -hmm. and she was she already knew what the situation was mm -hmm. um and she's like i mom i have my phone um so if you need anything just call and mm -hmm. i just i was like i could not just i couldn't bring it back in i was mm -hmm. already to the point that i was done i don't want to talk to anybody i didn't want to go to work i don't want to do anything and so um, and when you get to like that point in terms of your brain and how you how you how you feel inside your mind, um, when you said you were already done, meaning that like she couldn't talk you down at that point, that you yeah. were full. I was already heated and okay. at the point, not like blow up, just to like, um, just say I quit or something. So you just wanted to walk out. Yeah. Okay. And the option was not that because the kids rely on me to be there to help them. To to teach them and to instruct them and have fun with them. Right. So I could not just leave 
leave them because um right. you felt they look they look up to me as a counselor mm-hmm. and um I didn't I was already gone for like two weeks and a half because of my injury uh-huh. and some of the kids really do need my presence there so when, what about the folks what about the people that the conflict was with do you feel like they understood what you needed in order to be successful like because I mean, we're talking about like mindy's question was about you know having autism experiencing mm-hmm. autism in a workplace in a school place um do you feel like they that you had what you needed to be successful in that environment or do you feel like they could have set it up better years years ago like years ago was super good like i don't know this year just was not my year um i feel like i didn't have enough support from my supervisors um i just really don't know what the it was about yeah yeah so you know yeah what's really interesting in listening to this because i'm like well, how is this different for somebody experiencing autism? Well, you're exactly the same age as my daughter. You're exactly the same age as a lot of uh, my team uh, at work. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it doesn't sound any different mm-hmm. than my own daughter calling me mm-hmm. and being upset or frustrated or my own uh, staff member feeling like she's or he's being misunderstood or not heard or what have you and I think that I saw this thing that the other day is something to the effect of you know how do you treat somebody with an intellectual disability and it's just like everybody else Mm -hmm. and I think that's the the whole thing here you know people get all caught up in the fear and I don't know how to do this and I don't know what to do when in effect it's what you would do for anybody else right Mm -hmm. And, like, I feel like, like, this year they were baby-beaming, too, in some ways. Um, Like, they would talk down right. to me. And I was like, I'm not a child. Um, Do you feel like that was because that was them knowing about your diagnosis and somehow thinking that's what like, you needed? No, I just feel, yes and no. Uh-huh. Like, I feel like it's like when somebody talks to you really slow, you know, yeah. I'm, like, really slow that's how i felt when they were talking to me mm-hmm. um and that was that's why i just shut down because yeah. i was like i understand what you're saying clearly mm-hmm. um you don't have to talk down to me mm-hmm. i'm an adult i am just like you but i just probably learned a little bit different but you don't need to talk that slow mm-hmm. you know or just break it down super short yeah wow so, I mean, that's, uh, so what I heard from you is that you don't need a lot of different things. Mm-mm. What about in moments where you do need some different things? So what you were talking about with your teachers at school, sometimes feeling like it's on you yeah. to help them learn how to teach you better. Yeah. So what are some of the accommodations and modifications that make you more successful? Um, I, I get more times on tests, so it's that's super easy for me. So I don't, like. Um, and do you need that? Diverse. I do. Okay. I need uh, time, time, more time on test. Um, what else? What, like a note taker, but I'm pretty good at notes because I just snap a picture and then I have mm. the notes right there. Um, I do have my service dog with me because he makes me feel comfortable. Um, I don't really need like help, help with academics. Um, because I can find a way 
to help me with that. So, yeah. Mm. What do you think, Mindy? I mean, what are, yeah, does this, has Mackenzie got under the root of what your question was? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Everything gives me more insight. <laughs> yeah. Cool news. Well, that was, those were the questions. Do, do you have any follow-up questions for each other? They just want to look at each other with googly eyes and be Where's like, I love you, I miss you, I love you, I miss you. <laughs> uh, here's my question. Where's my hoodie? Oh, oh no. Shoot. Did you steal a hoodie? <laughs> no, I will tell you this story. Uh-oh. I'm going to tell you this story. So when I first met Mindy, I mean, I think I knew you way before then, but um, 2014, I got selected to go to Louisiana for the NBA, NBA All-Star oh, um, yeah. weekend. That was big. Yeah. That was like my first like famous situation. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and I um, and then we kind of stopped doing it for a little while. I was like, Mindy, can you give me a hoodie now? Because like I'm famous now. <laughs> I just felt like I needed a hoodie. Out of our special Olympic <laughs> yeah. souvenirs. So wait, wait yeah. a minute. You yeah. wanted a hoodie from her? Yeah. I thought this story was going to be that Mindy uh, wanted a hoodie no, from the no. All-Stars. No. no, no, I just wanted a hoodie Every time from I saw her, she'd say, where's my hoodie? <laughs> where's my hoodie? And then she it would always... like you know some big ballers <laughs> who can pay for one. Yeah. <laughs> She's the president and CEO of Special Olympics. No, I'm so talking about know. the other ballers. Oh. The basketballers. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think you'd be needing a free uh, hoodie. She I didn't mean, need a free hoodie. <laughs> no, she was just yanking my chair. Yeah. Um, and then she would always, and when I ever see her, she's like, how's your grades? And I was <laughs> like, well, they're A's and B's and one C. And she's like, nope. And then get it. It's it our little joke. So what, what will it take it. for you to get a hoodie from her? Do you think? I mean, now I'm on the board, so I, c- I guess I could just take one. Now Ooh, she gets to tell it. me what wow. to do. <laughs> yeah. oh. Wow. It I turned know. Around. It was like, you know. So Full speaking circle. of which. Straight A's. Yeah. Right? Not, There's not your hoodie. Semester. <laughs> last semester was a no-go. <laughs> I did not deserve a hoodie last semester, we'll yeah. just say. This is good. It could be for Alps University. It could be I for could. anything you're studying. But, you know, I do mean, well, give you a hoodie. The hoodie is the carrot. <laughs> yeah, yeah just keep working carrot. toward that. I'm going to get that hoodie one day. All right. What, get it. What well, are now, all? Yeah. Now that I'm leaving, could you send me hoodies because i'm gonna miss this way <laughs> i got you <laughs> i got right. you Good. we're gonna send you home with a wayfaring band hoodie at least yeah Perfect. um oh man well thank you so much mindy for joining us on everybody and it was a real treat and thank you for for fitting it in your schedule before leaving back for florida uh it's so fun to be here oh, thank you thank <laughs> that you. was awesome uh and listeners thanks for tuning in and staying with us thank you mindy you will be missed (laughs) i love you and have a safe journey your next steps in life safe journey to all hoodies for all hoodies Hoodies for all thank you my friend (laughs) take care bye-bye Everybody In is sound engineered by Karen Hibner with original music by The Dosage. It is produced by The Wayfaring Band, a Denver-based 501c3 nonprofit specializing in life skills and leadership training through travel for adults with and without disabilities. Be sure to rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Later, alligator.